With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Better Business, Better Life podcast. Terry DuPont is the founder of DuPont Advisory Group, a group dedicated to providing comprehensive services to successful business owners, medical, and other professionals. Terry has top-of-the-table status in the prestigious international million-dollar roundtable, placing him among the top one-tenth of 1% of all professional financial advisors in the world. Terry's philosophy is, I've learned that I grow and prosper more by focusing on the success of others rather than fretting over my own. Terry is a certified financial professional with the Institute of Financial Wellness, an advisor for the power of zero taxes in retirement, chartered retirement plans specialist, certified wealth preservation planner, and certified philanthropic developer. On the podcast, Terry brings together experts in their field who have succeeded in building their business to share their secrets with you. And now, here's your host, Terry DuPont. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success. And I'm your host, Terry DuPont. This week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us, and, and I'm fairly excited about it, uh, we have Ben Golden, who's an enrolled agent, um, and he's very well-rounded when it comes to the tax dynamics. And uh, I'll let him explain that to you. I don't want to steal the thunder. So, uh, Ben, uh, great to have you on the show. Welcome. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. DuPont. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to having a great conversation today. Okay, great, great. Now, like I said, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. I know and quite a bit of things about you. And, and you know, our, our paths have kind of crossed uh, a little bit over the years. And, and you can touch on that. Uh, we didn't meet, but uh, <laughs> we were together. So uh, could you tell us a little more about you and your companies? and why you started these companies. Uh, absolutely. So I'm very happy to. Um, you know, I started in the accounting world, and I really wanted to, to help change lives. And after I got my master's degree, um, I bought a small practice, my first practice, after I had worked in corporate uh, public accounting for several years. And, uh, you know, as a small business, you take anybody on that's a client. You know, I think the qualifications are a heartbeat and a breath. I'm not really sure. You just um, carry a mirror with you. And if they breathe, exactly right. It, if it fogged up, then they then they were a client. So I I took a client on. He was uh, in the logging industry, and um, one of the things I did was signed on his checking account because. His guys were in the woods all the time and they would come by my office and I would just sign a payroll check and they would take it and be on their merry way, you know. And lo and behold, he didn't pay his taxes. So um, one night, uh, about eight o'clock at night, he got a knock on the door and there was a, an IRS agent there. There are actually two. 
Um, and he calls me and said, Ben, what do I do? Well, I lived close by. So I was like, client, just sit, sit tight, you know, get something to drink for him and just don't go back. Okay. So I literally showed up to his house and I, I, I helped him walk through that um, wonderful conversation with the IRS agent. And lo and behold, the client owed about $171,000 to the IRS back payroll taxes that he didn't, he didn't pay. And so about six months later, we were, we were walking through the, the steps and the process of him attempting to pay it back. And, you know, we were getting everything filed and lo and behold, I got a telephone call from the IRS agent one day and she said, Mr. Golden, I want to let you know that tomorrow um, we will be um, levying your accounts and uh, you have the choice. I'm going to give you the choice to pay us the $171,000 on behalf of your client or else you will be forced to pay it. And uh, oh, by the way, Mr. Golden, this is how much money you have in your 401k. This is uh, how much money your house is worth. This is how much money your automobiles, you have two automobiles, and this is what they are. And this is how much they're worth. And this is the lien on them. And she gave me all of my my personal information as to where my money was and how much money I had. And she said, Mr. Golden, if you liquidate everything, you can pay your client's burden. And I said, uh, well, um, let's have a conversation tomorrow. I'll, I'll have an answer for you. And so, um, Terry, I, I went home um, that night and I told my wife, I was like, look, um, baby, I'm going to put the kids down after we put the kids down. I got, I got some work I need to do back up the office. So, um, kiss the kids. Good night. You know, uh, really young kids, one and three, zero and two or something really young. So I went back up and about three o'clock in the morning, I found it. I had a, when I, when I got my master's degree, I had a, an IRS procedure and policy um, class. And so I had a book from that. And um, when I was doing my research in that textbook, I found where the IRS made a mistake. And um, it's called a 4180 interview. And that interview told the IRS if I was a responsible party or not. And a responsible party means that you are responsible for the, the taxes, uh, the payroll taxes. And that interview was not conducted. And because I was a signature on the account, she assumed I was. And once she assumed that I was a responsible party, she invaded my privacy by looking into me as an individual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I decided that I would, of course, call her the next day. I said I would. So I called her the next day and I decided that I wanted to take this up a couple levels because I didn't want this getting swept under the rug. So when I talked to her, I said, um, revenue officer, um, I didn't get your manager's information. I need your manager's name and number. And she's like, well, why do you need that? I said, um, I just need it. And I, I believe you're required to give it to me. So she gave it to me very, very reluctantly. She didn't, she did not want to give me the information. This was back in the days, you know, this was 20 years ago when you could actually call the IRS and they would pick the phone up 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not today. But so I called the manager and I, I told her, I was like, listen, um, there's been, there's a problem with this case. And um, I want the territory manager's name and number. And she said, well, why do you need that? And I said, well, I have uh, proof that there's some problems. And she said, well, why don't you just give them to me and we'll go through them together? I said, no, I want to get the territory manager involved and I want to get TIGDA involved. Now, TIGDA is the, let's call it the internal affairs of the IRS. So she said, okay. And so I talked to him. I called him all the same day. Can you, if you can believe that? Um, I talked to him and I told him what happened. He must have been a glutton for punishment. I, I really was. I mean, <laughs> I really was. But I, I got them all on one day. It was amazing. And so um, I told him what happened. And I said, the service has abused their authority, their power, and their discretion by um, violating my personal privacy. And she had no right to do what she did. So I want to get moving forward with the investigation. So everything with the client was put on hold for a while because now the revenue officer was being investigated for abuse of a power authority and discretion. And so um, after the investigation, it was found that she uh, in fact did um, violate my privacy rights. And so she was given 30 days off without pay. Now for a government employee, that's a big thing, right? I mean, it doesn't sound big, but that's huge. Um, she could never work um, a case if I was a practitioner on the case. And um, the client was put into what we call a currently non-collectible status immediately. So that means that the IRS did not, they no longer attempted to collect from the client at that point. Um, I think they did that because they didn't want me to sue them. I think I had a right to, but I knew, I felt like if I went down that route, it's like, you know, scorched earth, burning bridges. And I just mm -hmm. didn't want to do that. Right. So, you know, that experience taught me truly how to become an advocate for my client. Awesome. And so, you know, I think that the school of hard knocks or the school of life or, or whatever you want to call it. It teaches you, you know, the ways of um, the world and, and the way that you should go. And it, it really taught me that, you know, if they're going to do this to me and I'm a professional, Terry, what are they going to do to the layperson? What are they, how are they going to treat somebody that doesn't know the rights? Right. How are they going to treat somebody that doesn't have a master's in tax and know where to go and look and research? What are they going to do? And so I knew what they were going to do. And so that started the journey of why I wanted to become a tax resolution expert. And I'll, I'll, maybe we can get into, you know, why I do other things now as well. But, you know, to be a true advocate for the client, that's really the why. That's that's my why, because I just don't like a bully. Yeah. And and, you know. Uh, the 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 IRS, they're the the three most fa uh, uh, feared letters in the alphabet, right? Especially when they're put together. So, 
you know, I did not want the layperson to go through what I went through um, because it was it was hard. I mean, I didn't tell my wife about it until literally um, probably five years ago because I, I did not want her. I did not want her to have that burden of knowing that um, there's a target and there could be a target. Right. And, you know, as business owners, there's always risk in what we do. But, you know, that's not something that a business owner should have to deal with. And so that's 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 pretty much my why. I don't applaud getting behind on taxes, but I applaud you for for doing what you do. So, yeah. well, um, I mean, so people with tax problems. Terry, it's, it's typically because they have a large event that happens in their life. And, and let me tell you what that looks like. Um, you know, I had one client that his, his wife passed away and, and, you know, he was, she was the love of his life and she handled all the finances and he didn't know where they were on taxes. So he didn't file and, you know, mentally he couldn't get there. So he went several years without filing. And then he looked up and said, well, I haven't filed. I'm going to owe them money. What do I do? So that fear stopped him from filing a couple more years. And then the next thing you know, he can't buy a home. He can't buy a car because he has no credit. He has no credit. He has no tax returns. And, you know, the snowball has gotten larger and larger. But it, it all happened because, you know, that grief just grabbed him and wouldn't let him go. And he's a good guy, but just bad circumstances. And that's, that's really, it, it's those kinds of stories that, that we get from a resolution standpoint that, you know, from, from no fault of their own. And then, you know, honestly, we do sometimes get that client that says, well, I owed money and I didn't know what to do. And I just didn't file. And then next thing you know, I didn't file for three years later. And then you've got the people that say, I filed, but spent all the money. I spent all the money. I I mean, you know, as well as I do that some people are just not um, good with budgets and money and they just spend every penny they got. So. What, if you could uh, think of something, uh, what, what would you feel the biggest challenge you faced is or was? Um, dealing with clients or, or personally in business, which one? Yeah, either one. You know, um, dealing with clients, I my advice to clients is file your taxes every single year, file them on time, even if you can't pay them. Um, there are pathways we you can get help with that if you don't, if you can't pay them, that there's ways that you can get that taken care of. However, don't let that stop you and, um, you know, put you in a place where it, it becomes something that bigger than what you can handle. You know what I mean? Right. So even if you can't pay them, go ahead and file. Okay. Excellent advice. Yeah. Um, ben, with your uh, extensive experience, uh, what advice would you offer to individuals uh, aspiring to enter uh, the field of tax resolution uh, and or tax planning. Yeah. So, and the, uh, know, second, the second part of that is 
Uh, are there any key lessons or insights uh, you've gained over the years uh, that would be valuable to newcomers? Absolutely. From a tax resolution standpoint, I mean, the statistics say that 85% of CPAs, enrolled agents, and attorneys don't like to deal with the IRS. So, you know, if you're a practitioner, get in there and just get your roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty and go for it. Um, typically, and this is sort of bad to say, but typically there's not really anything you can do as a practitioner to make their situation worse than what it is. I mean, it's probably pretty bad. They owe the IRS six digits, right? You can't really make it worse. So if you had that perspective that I can only make it better and that, and that this person truly needs an advocate, then, you know, jump in, get your hands dirty, roll your, roll your sleeves up and get to work. Um, And don't be afraid. Uh, You know, fear is like a piece of paper. That's a mile wide and a mile high, but you know, paper thin, right? You can just punch through it easily. So don't, don't let fear hold you back as a new practitioner. And then from a planning standpoint, you know, um, start with yourself, put strategies in place for yourself. And then you can talk to clients about, well, this is what I did for myself and this is why, but from a planning standpoint, you always look at where you want to go and what your goal is. And then what tools do we need to use to get to that goal? And then what does the implementation of those tools look like? Excellent. Excellent. Um, you know, the field of taxation is not only dynamic, but uh, it's also subject to uh, regulatory changes. Um, how do you and your companies and your staff uh, stay up to date with all the latest tax laws and regulations that ensure uh, that the best possible outcomes uh, are there for your clients? That's a great question. And, you know, it, it all gets down, it all boils down to one thing and it's called discipline. So uh, why do I say that discipline is so important? Um, It is built into me every single day. I go and look at the tax court website to see if there's a new um, tax court case. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, regular scheduled continuing education um, every single year. Um, I try to find an area that I'm weak in and I learn as much as I possibly can about that area. And, you know, it's a continual movement towards education. And I think that that mindset of I can't know everything but I want to learn at least one new thing is uh, a great type of mindset to have uh, in the tax world. And also it's the fact that there's no way possible for you to know everything. Uh, I like to give this analogy. So the Bible has about 670,000 words in it. Okay. Why don't you guess how many words are in the tax code regulations and case law? Uh, I know that there's um, what about seventeen, no, seventy thousand plus pages. So it's it's probably yeah. a lot more than the Bible. Yeah. So uh, it's about seven million words, right? So it's the the code, case law, and and regulations are ten times larger. So I mean, 
you know, there's absolutely no way somebody can know all of that, right? So pick pick the places that interest you the most and, uh, you know, the places where you feel weak, get the education to learn a little bit more about. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, you know, speaking of the Bible, you know, I, and I have to throw this out there because not many people realize this. If they thought about it, they'd know it. But uh, I do a lot of retirement planning, advanced retirement planning in, in my business, along with tax planning for business owners, et cetera. But, uh, and it's funny that I, we, we, there's so much retirement planning going out there, uh, going on out there when retirement is not in the Bible. No, it's not. It's, you know, there's an expectation that you have to work um, until you can't work anymore. Um, I, I do believe that, you know, the thought of retirement is that your your children are supposed to take care of you in your twilight years. Um, and that's the hope. Right. But um, retirement in and of itself, you know, I think that there's things that you never you never stop learning and you never stop being able to help somebody. And so for, for me, um, I don't know that I'm going to retire anytime soon because that passion to be an advocate is, is just so strong because I don't, I just don't want people to go through what I've been through Mm -hmm. if I can help them, um, in any way possible. You know what I mean? I get you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about uh, the other side of what you do a little bit. Uh, uh, what prompted you to start? Is it HS, HSG Accounting? So it's it's uh, Golden Tax Relief. Okay. Uh, H, HSG Accounting was a prior company that I held, and I um, so um, back in uh, 2014, I sold it uh, on a fire sale. My father had a railroad construction company, and I bought it from him. Um, his superintendent had some heart problems. My dad started having some heart problems. I sold my accounting firm. I bought his railroad construction company. And then um, several years later, I started uh, the res- in the resolution world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, apparently, I'm a glutton for punishment because I, I, I wasn't working enough. One, one job isn't enough, right? So um, I started um, Golden Tax Relief. And we started with resolution. Uh, and when COVID happened, the IRS stopped uh, forcing people to pay their tax bill and mm-hmm. forcing people to file their taxes. So um, I saw in my key performance indicators in my business that everything was starting to slow down. And I knew that if I didn't shift quickly uh, into another type of role or service that um, it would be another, it would be a tough year, right? So we moved into tax planning, tax advisory services because of COVID and because the IRS slowed down on, um, you know, forcing people to pay their taxes. So that's, that's the why we, I moved into the tax advisory services um, several years ago. Um, And we've been, I believe we've been helping people ever since, you know, I, I think that. What's that entail? Well, I mean, my philosophy on tax, if I can tell you real quick, is much like a, a tax court justice said in the 1950s. Uh, he said, it is your duty as an American to pay your fair share. 
However, it does not make you more patriotic to pay more than your fair share. So to me, uh, the code is either explicit or implied. It gives us the law to put strategies in place. A lot of people talk loophole, loophole, loophole. No, no, no. I believe in the law. And the law says that you can either do it or it's implied that you can do it and case law will back you up. So all of the strategies that we put in place have code, regulation, case law behind it as to the who, what, when, where, why. Because I think that's that's a very important piece. You know, since I came from the re- resolution side of the world into the planning side of the world, I look through the window of tax resolution. So my question is, can I beat this in audit? Um, so all of my tax plans that I do, I look at through the window of, can I beat this in audit? And very unique perspective because the implementation of the strategy is just as important as the strategy. So I like to think if the form of the strategy is done properly, the substance of the strategy must also match the form in order to beat an audit. Because if the form or the substance, and when I say substance, I mean the cash flow. If the cash flow does not flow properly to meet the form, then it doesn't matter. you're going to lose an audit. It's like not having receipts. You know, if you don't have a receipt, the chances are you're going to lose the deduction, right? So, you know, just like retirement, it's great if you set up a retirement plan, but if you never fund it, you're never going to get the advantage of the retirement plan, right? I see. Yeah. Um, what is something you know now uh, that you wish you knew when you first started? The way I look at an ideal client now versus what I did when I first started is very unique because I think that that's one of the things I would go back and tell myself. I, I speak in stories quite a bit and I use a mnemonic device. It's called FAT. You know, I, I want to be fat. I want to have clients that are fat. And fat means flexible, adaptable, and teachable. And so, you know, I want to be somebody who's flexible and can uh, change or someone who's uh, adaptable, somebody that's going to be able to to adapt to a new situation easily or uh, trainable or teachable. Because I think it's a very important because business is very, very messy. Uh, and it's just a matter of time before something happens and you're going to have to ask for grace. And grace cannot be, uh, I don't think grace can be given unless, uh, I don't think grace can be received unless it's given, right? So because of that, I believe that I would go back and tell myself, only take clients that are fat and believe in grace. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Um, How would you, uh, and we're getting towards the end here, uh, but uh, how would you define success or how do you define success? So success to me is based off of failure. And so what does that mean? That means that in your mind, if you fail, to me, that should be a stepping stone towards success. A lot of people don't see that. However, you don't know what success is unless you know what failure is. 
And to me, success is growing and learning from the small failures for you to be able to get to where, get to the goal that you want to be at. And I think that you are the one to define that goal. Um, I, I don't like to compare and say my success is X and your success should be Y. I think you define your own success. And so to me, success is building upon failure. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, is there anything you wish to share that uh, we haven't talked about? From a tax planning standpoint, you know, you want to work with someone that looks at tomorrow because a plan is something for tomorrow and you must be proactive. So, you know, if you're working with someone or if you ask your CPA or accountant or whomever's preparing your taxes, you know, uh, what should I do in the future to help reduce my taxes? And they say, well, you make great money. You're going to have to pay a lot of taxes. If they make that statement, I would say, look, you need to find somebody that's going to look for putting strategies in place for tomorrow because it's like a treasure hunt. You know, there is money under your feet. And the question is, can you get to it? And having the right team to help you get to that treasure is just as important as realizing there's treasure there. You know, um, I couldn't, I don't think I could have said that any better myself. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good CPAs and accountants out there, but, you know, let's face it, uh, Ben, most of them, the vast majority of them don't have time to do any tax planning because in order to make a decent uh, uh, earn or living, they have to have too many tax preparation clients. And when you have that burden, it makes it very difficult to be able to even have time, let alone learn uh, how to do some of the tax plan. So I heard a statistic the other day that said 95% of CPAs um, and tax preparers do not do planning. And so planning to me is looking forward and putting strategies in place for saving money tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and contributing more to your 401k plan is not exactly a tax planning. uh, It's not, it it really isn't. I mean, it it helps, but it's a type of deferral. And yeah, it's something that you probably should do because in your twilight years, when you no longer can work, you don't want to rely on your family to do it. You know, like we were talking about before, Um, I think it is an integral part of what a plan looks like, though. Um, Deferral, having tax exempt income, uh, and I don't mean like bonds or securities or anything like that. There are ways to have income that is exempt from taxes. Um, You know, shifting taxes, uh, excuse me, shifting income. That's another way you can have a a tax plan. But understand using the strategies, you you always start at what the goal you want to have is. um, And then get with someone. And I think your whole team, and and that's, that's what I really love about you there terry is because you it's like a chain as a business owner you have a chain or a team that works with you and the chain is only as strong as its weakest link and typically that weakest link is the business owner because you can't know everything about taxes and insurance and retirement and legal and 
HR and I mean, you, you, you start going down the, the rabbit hole, you have to have people on your team that build and make up your chain, right? So when you start pulling your clients along, you need to have a strong team. And so for, for me, having someone that looks forward from a planning standpoint is so very important, but it's just as important as having the right insurance guy, as having the right attorney, as having the right wealth planner. I mean, there are so many other things that you must have in order to be, you know, truly successful. And there again, you define that success yourself. But, you know, um, you should, everyone, every business owner should have that team and they should put it in place. I think that's the only thing that I would say that um, we haven't talked about yet. And that's what I love about you is the fact that you understand the fact that having that chain put in place for that business is so very important. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, well, you know, Ben, with all your success, what would you say your biggest challenge today is? I think educating educating the team to do it the way that um, I believe it should be done and having the internal policies and procedures to make sure that the clients have a great outcome. Um, I think those are some of the challenges that we're working with today. We've grown so much over the past several years. Um, our next challenge is to take a step back and internalize everything and make sure that the client, every client has a wonderful outcome. And, and that's really our next challenge. I, be, I believe. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, obviously um, uh, Ben, your information is down below, um, but just uh, could you give our audience uh, uh, where they can uh, find more about you, how they might get a hold of you? Absolutely. So they can go check us out at, www.goldentaxrelief.com uh, or if they've got it and that's for planning if they have a tax problem they can go check us out at www.irstroublesolvers.com we are headquartered in Alabama we have an office in Chicago as well however we work we work with clients nationwide Excellent. Uh, they can also call us at uh, 844-229- Eight nine three six, or they can email me at ben at goldentaxrelief.com. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, our, our time's uh, kind of up here, uh, Ben. Unfortunately, I love talking to you. Um, uh, maybe we can do more offline or something. But uh, Absolutely. Anyway. It was my pleasure, and thank you for having me today. Oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, folks, that's it for uh, this week. Uh, better business, better life, building on your success. I'm Terry DuPont, and come back next week. Thank you. This has been the Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success podcast. If you have questions about creating tax-free wealth and income, forward-looking tax mitigation, strategic risk mitigation, wealth preservation and legacy planning, and advanced financial management, go to DuponAdvisory.com or email Terry at DuponAdvisory.com. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, 
at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.